Welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Philly ends up going down 115-109 at home against the Raptors. The Sixers have now lost three in a row, sitting at 8-5 and five on the season. Some good, some bad from this one. Also, some Ben Simmons news came down the pipeline, legit like 35-40 minutes into the game. Looks like there's still a lot of contention between Simmons, Rich Paul, his camp, as well as the Sixers, Daryl Morey, and the rest of the brass. I'll jump into all that before I do. Don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. So, like I mentioned off the top, the Sixers go down at home 115-109, have now lost three in a row for the first time all season. Again, still very early in. We're only 13 games into the schedule and they are sitting eight and five, but this really was to me a game that was right there for the taking. And it was a bit of an ugly start. The good news though, Tobias Harris, he was back from the health and safety protocol. Seth Curry also dinged up, but he was back in the lineup as well. So the Sixers are starting to get some reinforcements still waiting on Joel Embiid, Matisse Thybul to make their return. I don't know yet when that's going to be, but uh, this was a game where the Raptors, I don't think anybody's going to mistake them for a championship contender, but they should be a playing contender at the very worst. Uh, but again, the, the Sixers look kind of sluggish offensively, especially throughout most of the first three quarters. And they were only down by three, 81-78 going into the fourth. And then they got themselves into a bit of a jam. The Raptors went on a 9-2 run really early. That put them up by 10. But then Shake Milton came out of nowhere. It was legit the Shake Show for like a good three-minute stretch there. Uh, he ended up scoring seven points in a row, brought the team back within one. And then things started to go up and down again, which is a lot of how this game went. There was good things, bad things. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, who was amazing overall, Ended up with 15 points in the fourth quarter, but he did make a mistake there. Uh, the Raptors were up by five, and then he made an errant pass to Tobias Harris. That resulted in an easy breakaway bucket for OG Ananobi. And then again, with the Sixers down, Seth Curry made an errant pass that was defected by Svi Mikhailuk. That resulted in an OG Ananobi three. Uh, but again, the Sixers came roaring back. And, and this is where I'm looking at Tyrese Maxey as a young kid who is learning how to let go of bad plays because he single-handedly bought the team back within one by himself. He, he made that mistake, like I mentioned, uh, with that Aaron pass when he's trying to find Toby, and he ended up scoring five points in a row, including a gorgeous and one. If you get the chance to see that in the fourth quarter, check out the highlights if you can. And he had a couple of nice blocks on the defensive end as well, sandwich in between that. But ultimately, the Sixers couldn't get things done, especially on the offensive end. They were up by two with 141 left. Andre Drummond had a nice putback. Put the Sixers up 109-107, and then ultimately it was all Raptors from there. Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet, who led the way with 32 points for the Raps in this one. Uh, they put the Sixers down by by four, basically, with less than a minute to go, and, and that was it. Uh, but again, this was a game that was right there for the taking. And I know, you know, given the circumstances and given the situations that the Sixers have dealt with in terms of having all these guys go into the league's health and safety protocol, obviously missing an MVP candidate like Joel Embiid, but, uh, you know, you're looking at this, and, and don't get me wrong, the Ben Simmons thing still remains a huge factor just in terms of what's going on around the organization. But, again, this was a game that was that was there for the taking. We've seen the Sixers win a few where maybe they shouldn't have in terms of who they had in the lineup, you know, missing Joel Embiid, missing Tobias Harris, two of their top players who are currently available, not including Ben Simmons, and they were able to muster up some wins, you know, against uh, Chicago. They were able to muster up a win against Portland. And we also saw them play pretty damn well shorthanded against the Knicks and, and Buck squad. 
And I feel like if they had that same level of execution, same level of intensity, they probably would have been able to get away with beating the Raptors in this one. But again, a lot of mistakes at the end and the offensive rebounding continues to be a major sore spot for, for this squad, despite having Andre Drummond, who is a vacuum inside Joel Embiid, one of the best rebounders in the NBA. The Sixers gave up 16 offensive boards to a Raptors team that isn't really big. They got a bunch of uh, long athletic guys, but no excuses for, you know, rookie Scotty Barnes had six offensive boards in this one. And this has been a trend throughout the season. You know, you're looking at it. The Sixers came into this one, giving up the eighth most second chance points in the NBA, 28th in defensive rebounding percentage, also tied for second and giving up the most offensive rebounds. Really, it just comes down to getting a body on your guy and boxing out. And I think what's happening sometimes is when the Sixers are seeing the opponents take a shot, they're kind of starting to leak out a little bit early. So they got to be able to get back, get some bodies on the guy, especially the, the smaller guys in terms of the ones, the twos and the threes, making sure you're getting a body on your man and clearing out that lane. So hopefully, Joel, Andre Drummond, a guy like Tobias Harris, who, who's a really good defensive rebounder, just considering his overall size and stature. Uh, I think that is something that Doc needs to really work on with this squad is, is getting more attention to detail on the defensive glass. And, and like I said, that if that continues to be an issue all season, the Sixers are going to lose some games that they really should have won. And I feel like that was the case in this one. The Raptors ended up getting eight more shots overall than the Sixers did. Uh, they shot a similar percentage. Raptors were at 43.8. Sixers were at 45 and a half, but that makes up the difference. You know what I mean? In, in terms of being able to give the other team more opportunities to score, they're going to likely, they're going to, they're going to be able to beat you. And, and the Sixers had more turnovers in this one as well. So again, dealing with this stuff on the bigger scheme of things, I think that is something that they have to correct. But Overall, you're 13 games in, you're sitting at eight and five and just looking at the circumstances that and the sideshow and the soap opera that has been around this team really since June 20th when they were eliminated by the Atlanta Hawks earlier in the year. Uh, I think that all things considered, you know, the Sixers aren't in bad shape. Now they're going to go out on a big six game road trip. Hopefully we get to see Joel Embiid back. Hopefully we see Matisse Thybul back. That one kicks off Saturday in Indiana. And then, of course, they have a stretch of, of pretty tough games. They go at Utah at Denver, at Portland, at Sacramento, and then they finish up the road trip with a matchup against the NBA-leading Golden State Warriors. That's coming up on the 24th. So you're looking at this six games, and if they're able to at least get some of their guys back and stay kind of healthy, I think 4-2 and two on this swing would be great if they are still missing their MVP in Joel Embiid and the best defensive player they have on the roster in, in Matisse Thybul. You know, 3-3, three and 2-4 three, and four would be a win. But again, that all stuff remains to be seen what's going on here, but the Sixers do really need to focus on, on cleaning some of those things up. Again, I'm, I'm going to give them a bit of a pass just considering how many games they played so far, how active they've been, they've been playing so far in terms of, you know, playing three and four nights, you know, four games and five nights, six and nine. And just given the state of the roster, I think it's a good thing for them to be able to, you know, hopefully get everybody back collectively and kind of get back, back on track because we've seen how good this team can be when it's at full strength. And we've seen how good this team can be when it's missing some crucial parts. So putting it all together and finally getting a chance to be in a situation that they're able to start building and hopefully making sure that everybody is healthy overall. But if you know that doesn't rear its ugly head and, and, and cause some havoc within 
the building and, and within the organization, I think the Sixers overall, even though, again, this was a game they probably should have won. I think overall you can, you can put this one in the back pocket and just kind of move on from it because we're 13 games into an 82 game schedule. So uh, little things they need to clean up. Like I mentioned, the offensive rebounding, clean up the turnover turnovers a little bit. And I think once they get back to full health and their roster is back together, I think they'll ultimately be just fine. I wanted to jump into some more things. I wanted to jump into some Ben Simmons news that came down literally during the, the game, like right in the first half of the game. So I'll get into that after a short break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, and we are back. As I mentioned off the top of the podcast, there was some news coming down on the Ben Simmons front that came out literally during the game, which was actually surprising to see, given the fact that during the morning shoot around, Doc Rivers had said that Ben Simmons was in Thursday's film session. He said Ben has been doing all the right things and he's supposed to be doing, but he was noncommittal on if Simmons would actually join the team on his upcoming six-game road trip, which starts Saturday in Indy. But then during the game, like legit, during the first half, it's like you're focused on this, like, okay, the Sixers are playing the Raptors. We're going to watch this game. You know, figure out what you know what happens here. What is what are the Sixers might need to work on? Tobias Harris is back. That's good news. Seth Curry's back. So you're kind of looking like this, like, all right, let's focus on this game. But no, we didn't get a chance to do that. So the athletic Sam's Charania came out with a report during the game, and I'm going to use some of the quotes directly from his piece as well. He said Ben Simmons believes the Philadelphia 76ers' recent actions are exasperating his mental health issues, and that the team wants to deem him fit in order to force him to play regardless of what he tells the team's mental health therapist. That's what his agent, of course, Rich Paul of Clutch Sports, told The Athletic. And this is coming from Rich Paul himself. Now, I truly believe the fines, the targeting, the negative publicity shared on the issue, that's very unnecessary and has furthered the mental health issues for Ben. Either you help Ben or you come out and say he's lying. Which one is it? Wow. Okay, this whole thing is just taking a weird turn in this one, just given the fact, like I said, that, you know, maybe a few hours before recording this podcast, Ben, ben Simmons was seemingly doing all the right things, according to the head coach, Doc Rivers, and according to the team uh, officials around him. And so this was shocking and a bit surprising for me to see uh, Rich Paul come out and say this. And I'm, I'm going to read another quote here from Rich Paul. In this case, we have to get Ben help and not put finances above mental health. As an agent, I understand contractual obligations and I hold myself accountable in this business. But if someone is telling you something, we can no longer turn a blind eye in today's world. I'm going to continue here now. 
There is no, this is part of me no longer about a trade. This is about finding a place where we can help Ben get back to his mental strength and get back on the floor. I want him on the floor playing the game that he loves. Here's an interesting part of the quote. I want Ben on the floor, whether that's in a 76ers uniform or any other uniform, that's not up to me, but I want him in a state where he can resume play. We want to cooperate and we want to work him back on the floor. Okay. This whole thing, there's a lot to unpack from this because Rich Paul basically saying Ben Simmons isn't ready to play. Uh, he doesn't feel like he's, he could give it all on the court. Uh, he's saying Ben has repeatedly showed that he's just isn't in the right mindset to be able to get on the court. And he wants the Sixers to support him and embrace him and kind of remove the ego from all this. And, and this to me is pretty surprising because when you're looking at this situation, it's not like Ben has done everything he can to make sure that he's working through whatever issues he's having. And again, I've said this in the podcast before, I'm not really going to comment on if Ben's lying or Ben's not. I'm in no position to speak about somebody else's mental health. I think over the past few years, we've all started to learn how serious of an issue it can be. So I'm not going to begin to assume that. Now I'm going to look at this from an objective point of view, which is that if any other person, and of course, there's very few NBA players in the world con compared to regular workers like me and I'm sure most of the people who listen to this podcast. But if I went to my company, Vox Media, and I said, hey, I'm dealing with some stuff. I need some time away. They're going to want to see some documentation. They're going to want to see that I've been seeking help for this and, and getting a professional opinion, telling them and stating to them that, okay, this guy's dealing with X and X, Y, and Z as his problems. And it's going to keep him from fulfilling his duty as an employee. And so I think the Sixers aren't wrong in wanting to ask for this. And here's a, a report from Shams that, uh, and this is a quote again from the, from the article, 76ers team officials told the athletic on Thursday, it's absolutely not the case that they are forcing his return or accusing him of lying. The team's position is that he should partake in all team activities until there is information from its mental health professional or Simmons that would preclude him from playing. And Sixers officials said they were pleased to hear Paul said, He's open to Simmons staying in Philly. So that, again, I don't see what the Sixers are doing wrong from the point of an employer. If you want to be paid, regardless if you're getting paid the millions that Ben Simmons is, or you're making uh, average U.S. American worker salary, then why wouldn't your employer want to make sure that that you're you're doing everything you can to a get help? And B, follow up on if they should continue paying you. And I think this whole thing now is getting to a point that I, I, it always has been since the Sixers ended up losing to the Hawks. It always really has. We know it's going to end in divorce at some point, you know, barring a miracle that Ben ends up fulfilling the rest of his contract. I don't think anybody thinks that's going to happen given the events of the past five or, or so months. But, you know, looking at this and I'm not going to doubt that Ben Simmons has a mental health issue. If he's dealing with stuff, again, there were some reports about what happened between his family members that came out from ESPN's Ramona Shelburne a few weeks ago. I don't know how much that, again, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying, okay, maybe Ben's going through personal stuff, or maybe he's looking at it and saying, I just don't want to be there anymore. And I'm checked out and I don't want to come. But regardless of it, the Sixers are damn right for doing their due diligence on this. Why, why, why should they just continue to, to say, okay, you know, we're just going to continue paying you. You could stay away from the team without any sort of documentation. We're offering you support. We're saying, talk to our doctors. You know, if there's ways we can help you, we're willing to do that. But it doesn't seem that Ben's been wanting to meet in the middle on that at all. 
again, this is just my perception of it. I'm not saying it with any inside knowledge, you know, for him showing up and, and being a prick during practice and getting kicked out by Doc Rivers to, you know, now saying this, that obviously this was contrived by Rich Paul, who probably just legit texted Shams and said, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about this because this is what seems to be happening with the Adam Schefters and the Shams of the world is that, hey, we're just going to reach out to you and give you a story rather than uh, the journalists having to find it. But that's a topic for another day. But, um, you know, looking at this right now, like this seems like a very contrived statement, you know, saying that the Sixers finding him and, and pressuring him to come back and play. And again, I don't know if Daryl Morey and Co. have been doing that. But what I do know is that, no, from the information that we've received, the Sixers are trying to do their due diligence and making sure that they're checking up on an investment that they made at five years and $146 million. And you still have four years left on your contract. And if they're say, if you're saying you're not able to play and you're saying you, you need some time away because you're having mental health issues, you damn right. They should be able to confer with their doctors and you should be able to meet with their doctors. If you want to continue collecting those paychecks. Now, if Ben said I'm having mental health problems, uh, I don't, you know, I just, I don't want to be in Philly. It's not good for me right now. Keep your money and I'll just go back to, to California or, you know, wherever he wants to be. And I'll just stay away from the team. Then by all means, sure. The Sixers probably wouldn't be asking him to meet with their own medical officials. The Sixers most likely in that case would say, okay, man, take your time, but you're not getting paid. But in this case, if you want to show up and collect a very large amount of money, yeah, you should have to prove that, okay, I am going through things and you want to collect a large sum of money, you should be able to at least be willing to meet with the team officials and talk to these people and say, hey, this is where I'm at and give the Sixers kind of a, 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 an idea of what's going on with all this. So again, this whole thing is is looks like it's just going to continue to get uglier. And going back to what I was saying before the break, the Sixers have played pretty well overall. And they've shown they don't really need Ben Simmons to, to maybe fight for a top two or three seed in the Eastern Conference. And so given what the team has shown, I'm wondering if Daryl Morey is more open to making a deal, maybe not for the treasure trove of assets he thought he was going to get, you know, when it first became obvious that Ben was going to get traded, but, you know, maybe looking at a, a futures package that you can get a bunch of picks and maybe ship that off in another deal come time for the deadline if, if somebody becomes available or looking at it like, and again, I'm not saying I would do this, but you know, taking a guy like CJ McCollum and be like, all right, we can add him to our roster, see if that helps us build even more and, and go all in right now while we can, because this whole situation, it doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. I think looking at this from an objective lens for the past, you know, five weeks, six weeks since Ben didn't show up for training camp, this has seemed like the obvious resolution to all this. And when I'm looking at how Rich Paul played this by reaching out to Shams and, and, you know, putting this out there again during a game uh, that is just the timing of it is like, okay, both sides are drawing their line in the sand and both sides are going to be like, this is what's going on. And this is how we're going to play it. And there was another interesting thing that Rich Paul said in this one. And he actually compared the situations between Simmons and the Sixers and what's going on with the Rockets and John Wall, who is one of his clients. And I'm going to read a quote here again for you. John is able to play, but Houston is okay using the CBA to pay him not to play. So which way is it? John is perfectly healthy and ready to play, and it's okay in the CBA. We are being professional with both instances, but how can it go both ways? John and the Rockets have been professional about their situation, and we are also expecting the same with the 76ers. Are you kidding me? You're going to compare a situation where 
a guy asked out and said, I don't want to play for this team anymore after he, in his own way, and again, I'm not talking about mental health or anything, but I'm talking about on-court performance in June where he crapped the bed in the playoffs when the team needed him the most, a number one overall pick, five years and $146 million the team invested in you, and you're going to come out and compare the situation to the brutal Houston Rockets team saying, hey, you know what, John Wall, stay on the sideline. We're going to try and build what we have with our young boys. We don't really want you to you know, be around and maybe take away from their development. So, you know what, we're just going to keep paying you to stay home. And John Wall's like, cool, man, I'll collect the 92 million remaining on my deal. And if you can find something else for me, great. And you're going to compare that to Ben Simmons taking criticism from Doc Rivers and, and Joel Embiid's comments or not even criticism, just their, their comments after the game seven loss to, you know, sitting out, not showing up, not performing in terms of uh, being at training camp and saying, well, yeah, pay me for that. Even though I've been contentious with you, John Wall hasn't been with the Rockets. There hasn't been any bad blood or, or you know, he's been suspended for being uh, detrimental to the team this season. No, it was, this is uh, what the Rockets want to do for the long run. So again, comparing the situations to me between Wall and the Rockets and Simmons and the Sixers is, is something that is, is just short-sighted. You know, I, I don't know how you can compare the two where, if the Rockets had the opportunity to, you know, say to John Wall, uh, hey, you could show up, but we're not going to pay you. Uh, no, the NBA or the NBA PA wouldn't, would, would absolutely not be okay with that. But in their case, they've made that deal that, okay, you know what? We got a young roster. We don't want this guy here who's overpaid, dealt with some uh, injury history and is a former All-Star, but, you know, we don't want him here. It's just, it's best for our team and the organization. Daryl Morey and the Sixers don't think that. You know, whether whether it would be best for them to, to have Ben playing, I don't know if that's ever going to be an option anymore. But looking at this now, you know, it is the best for, in terms of for the Sixers and and really for Ben Simmons, if he wants to get his wish, that he at least shows up for a month, shows that he could still play, mends his his reputation around the league, and and the Sixers are able to, to find a willing trade partner to give him something of value. Whereas with John Wall, it's like, there is no value there anymore. You know, if you can get him on a two-year, $10 million contract, sure. But nobody's going to pay out $92 million for two years of John Wall. And so it works out in his best interest and the team's best interest. So that, to me, is a mutual thing. Whereas what's happening with the Sixers, it's a he said, she said. And so for Rich Paul, you know, to use that example, I think, again, is very short-sighted. And it really makes no sense in this case because I feel like the Sixers have been trying to be as professional as they can in terms of, and again, this is just my opinion, that... They've said and did all the right things. They've provided support for Ben. They've said they'd welcome him back. They paid him for that little while that he did show up and took his money away when he decided to act like a brat during practice. And so whatever happens now, it's it, it, it just seems like this whole thing, as it always has been, is going to lead to a messy divorce. The question is when. You know, it's almost like watching a relationship between two friends slowly, slowly deteriorate. They have a big fallout like we saw in June. And it's like, well, they're just kind of staying together for the semantics of it. And again, the, the Sixers need to make a move, not soon. So they have the luxury of time. I mean, they could wait until we get closer to the trade deadline. And we've heard Daryl Morey say this could take up to four years. And so I think some of the crowd is, is looking at this and, and some fans are looking at this and saying, you know, is if Ben is lying, that's BS. And I agree with that. If he is, again, I'm not saying it either way, but we've seen that a lot in social media that Simmons might be acting it up. So he gets his way. And you also have some people who are on Ben's side saying, Hey, the guy's saying he's not mentally fit to play. And again, I'm going to reiterate this. I'm not a doctor. I'm in no position to say that, but if he's not mentally fit to play, then respect his wishes, continue to pay him. 
And, you know, when he's ready to come back, he'll come back. But man, what a weird, weird way to handle this. And it's just, it's been awkward in, in how things have been handled. I'm sure it's been awkward for the guys around the team and the guys on the team, but this thing isn't going to come to a resolution anytime soon. So we'll see how things play out on that front. Again, though, going back to on the court stuff, the Sixers end up losing the third in a row, dropping a game. I feel like they should have won against the Raptors, but considering how hard they played, how many games they played over the last couple of weeks, it'll be nice to have Friday off before they hit the road for six in a row. And then they'll get a couple of days off after their game on Indy. They get Sunday, Monday off, which will be travel days, but at least hopefully getting Joel Embiid back, hopefully getting a healthy Matisse Thybul back, and they can kind of focus on what's happening on the court and continuing to show and be that team that started off eight and two and, and build towards being an Eastern conference contender, because this Ben Simmons thing again, is looks like it's nowhere near a resolution. That'll do it for this episode of Sixers daily. Before we wrap things up, don't forget subscribe to the Liberty ballers podcast network. We are on Apple podcasts, Spotify, you name it, wherever you get your fix, you can catch us. And of course, check out libertyballers.com. Paul, Dave, Steve, the entire team will have you covered throughout the season. And if you want to connect with me on Twitter, feel free to do so at JazzKang21. That's J-A-S-K-A-N-G-21. That'll do it for this one. I'll talk to you all next time. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.